You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Your host, Danny. And look, fans, we have a fun-filled show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, going to a little bit of baseball news, in particular about Mike Trout and DK Metcalf and his 100-meter run. But first to the NBA and where, Danny, it's just a whole lot happening in the NBA right now, man. We actually have the likes of Russell Westbrook breaking the triple-double record uh, in terms of getting the most triple-doubles uh, ever in NBA history, uh, beating out Oscar Robinson the Big O. We obviously don't know Russell Westbrook. He is a tremendous athlete uh, who happens to play basketball, and this accomplishment is is great he has done great things for organizations like okc uh, now with washington wizards he's done some things with the houston rockets and for him to break this record is is something to behold i do have an issue though danny because while he was breaking these records russell westbrook and his teammates had to have had conversations before some of these games or it was just known, okay, if I'm near the ball on a rebound, just let me go ahead and grab it. Because there's been many cases where I've seen highlights of Russell Westbrook just going, just getting rebounds and a taller player was right next to the ball. And this so happens just to let him uh, get the rebound. So I don't know, man. You know, it's just interesting. It's a huge accomplishment. And when you think about who he, he beat out, Big O. I mean, Big O is legendary. Mm-hmm. And he has a championship ring with none other than our Milwaukee Bucks. And let me just say this, Danny. When the Big O actually had his triple-double season, it was in his second year. And in his second year, he averaged 30.8 points a game, 12 and a half rebounds a game, and close to 11 and a half assists a game. There were no three-pointers back then. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much an and one situation several times over. He averaged uh, about 11 free throws a game, uh, making close to nine of them. Um, and so, man, you know, kudos to Big O, kudos to Russell Westbrook too, but man, you know, the games are different and don't get me wrong. Russell Westbrook has had four triple double seasons and I give him props and everything, but you know, at times I'm just thinking some of these could be inflated. I'm just, you know, it's hard for me to fully give Russell Westbrook the flowers that he deserves because of the highlights that I've seen (laughs) of him just getting uh, 
rebounds when other people were nearby. But I still give him flowers nonetheless, man. What say you, Danny? Well, Jason, this is definitely huge record to break Big O's triple-double record of 181 triple-doubles. And I think with Russell Westbrook, he is – I like watching him play because mm-hmm. he gives energy every oh, yeah, night. Definitely, definitely. And every so night. that's where I think a lot of this, too, contributing to these triple-doubles, once he got into this mode of wanting to do this and making it a priority in his game, is he out-hustles a lot of people in those in those games. And two, you kind of hit on this, was the game is more free-flowing now. Mm-hmm. So he's able to go ahead and lob it up for the dunks, the easy dunks and things like that, because there's more spacing, there's things like that, the way he plays and he's up and down. And so he needed those dudes, his teammates hit those shots for those assists. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't all dunks. And then from him to get the rebounds and the score, and I just look at the energy involved in doing what he's done. And some of the numbers he's put up lately this season, he had 24 assists, 22 rebounds. That's not easy to do, man. You know, we play ball. It's, hell, it's hard enough just to get 20 points or double-figure points, and then you got to add on rebounds and assists, and, and he plays good defense. So I think he gets a bad rap because he hasn't won a championship. And all the things that happened in OKC with him and KD and them falling out and them losing that uh, series to Golden State when they had a op- golden opportunity, no pun intended, to win the championship that year. So I think he just has a bad rap and people see him as a stat stuffer and all these different knocks on him. But in my opinion, I think it's – it's a great accomplishment just knowing how much energy it takes night in and night out to put up a triple double and then average a triple double at that. Kudos to him, man. It's it's hard to see Oscar lose that record because that was something, you know, that was his legacy besides getting the only championship in Milwaukee was to have that triple double record. Mm-hmm. And that's always been synonymous with Oscar Robertson. So now Russell takes it, but the big old Gave him his kudos, told him congratulations, reached out to him and everything. So that was cool on Big O's part uh, to to do that. Dan, so. let me ask you this, man. Where would you rank Russell Westbrook in terms of guards, whether it's a point guard or a two guard of all time? Because when you think about the triple-double, yep. you know, Big O was ranked up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in everybody's thought process, it's like, no doubt, big O. Yep. Would you would you replace the big O with Russell Westbrook in terms of rankings? No, I would not. I think it's two. It's comparing two different eras, but Big O's impact on the game mm-hmm. was more, I think, than Russell Westbrook's. I you got to think about it. you can't. I can't put Russell over Magic. Hell no. I can't put Russell over Isaiah Thomas. Hell no. I don't even think I can put him over Jason Kidd. No, I can't even do that. So in the grand scheme of things, he's a good player, 
but he doesn't have that championship. He doesn't have that playoff run to cement his legacy. So he has the statistics, but from an overall, because he's not necessarily a point guard either. He's like Mm -hmm. a tweener. He's not necessarily a shooting guard. His game is just unique, but he's not a top point guard, in my opinion, based on the the guys we just named. And now, Danny, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics is out for the rest of the season. And this is going to be detrimental to the Boston Celtics. Um, He has surgery on his wrist. Uh, as I indicated, he's out for the season. And and so, really, you have the likes of Jason Tatum really um, leading the team here. There's something going on in that locker room. Uh, maybe they're tired of hearing coach's voice. Maybe it's time for a new, a new uh, voice there. I don't know if it's more so that they need a couple more bigs, um, some grittier players. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen during this offseason, though. And I think Jalen Brown be out the rest of this season. I don't know how much more the Celtics can do to really advance in the playoffs. They're in the playoff tournament right now yep. if, if, if the season were to end today. And quite honestly, I think they would honestly lose. And you know what? I, I think they would be happy to because I think they want to just be done with the season, quite honestly. <laughs> Um, so we'll see what happens with them on that, man. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Jason, I watched them the other night. Uh, who are they playing? Oh, Miami. They're playing Miami and Mm -hmm. they just didn't, they had no go to them. They just looked flat. And they, if you remember earlier in the season, they had a couple of these lulls where they just, they looked terrible. Like Mm -hmm. they just had no emotion they weren't playing with any type of drive and to your point it may be something where they may need to evaluate brad stevens because he's been with them the whole time you know with tatum and brown and marcus smart and that that nucleus Mm -hmm. where yeah it just and their bigs tristan thompson isn't getting it done so that may be the missing piece for them Mm -hmm. but i just look at it where they I have a different opinion based on the teams that are in that plan tournament. I think they can get through it just because of Tatum, man. I think he can carry them, but once they get to the playoffs, like the actual playoffs, they just don't have enough right now. They they're, they're limping into the playoffs at this point. And so I'm just banking on Tatum because he does, he has it in him to, to put up a big game. And if it's a one game series, I can see him doing that and carrying them. But after that, I really thought they would be a challenge to whomever they did play in the actual playoffs. But after what I saw against Miami, these last two games, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for them, man. So I think they definitely need to make some off season changes and maybe bowing out early, maybe the best thing for them. As it stands right now, the Boston Celtics are in the seventh spot. The Charlotte Hornets are in the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically enough, they're tied in their lost column with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, apparently, Charlotte Hornets actually own the tiebreaker there. And then in the tenth spot, you have the Washington Wizards. If the Boston Celtics were to play the Charlotte Hornets, Danny, one game playoff, because that's mm-hmm. what the play-in tournament is, right? 
Yep. Um, for the seven eight seed. You're saying that the Boston Celtics will win that one. I think Tatum can get them there. It's going to be tough, man, because Charlotte's a tough team. But Charlotte's, they just yeah. don't have – Boston has the grit, and Charlotte hasn't been here yet. So this is where I think Boston – I would base it on experience only. Man, I might have to go with Charlotte on that one. Okay. I might have to go with Charlotte on that one for one gamer. Yeah. Um, it would be in Boston, but uh, I would go with Charlotte on that one. And even so – uh, at the ninth seed, they're tied in a loss column right now with the Charlotte Hornets is the Indiana Pacers. And you know I'm not a huge Indiana Pacer fan at all. But I can almost see the Pacers beating the Celtics in that too, man. In that 9-10, if it's Pacers-Wizards, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Wizards are actually hot. I know Beal's yeah. out right now. So, Listen. But the Pacers are starting to pick it up now too, so it's fine. They finally found a little groove. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at momentum, Boston's definitely pointing. They're bearish right now. If we're talking about stock market, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming in straight <laughs> bearish. But man, everyone listen. else, and but it's just experience, man. They've been there before. They've been tested. So this is where they would have to rely on that to get through these games. Listen, man, I'm picking the Washington Wizards against anybody in this playing tournament. They're that hot, in my opinion, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just need Beal at full strength. Yeah, I agree there. I agree there. And I think he'll be uh full strength because they they listed him two games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he may be out um this next one, but he'll be, you know, ready to go. So I, I think he'll be good to go. But Boston, I think, yeah, Boston's in trouble, man, without Jalen Brown. And now to the Lake Show and where they actually raised championship banner number 17 to the rafters uh, last evening. And so uh, it was interesting, man, that obviously LeBron and AD was out there. I'm happy that the fans were able to get in there and see see that i mean even though it was only like what three thousand four thousand fans in attendance nonetheless they were able to see the banner to be raised and so uh lebron should be uh playing here uh pretty soon and boy do they need him um then i believe he needs to knock off some rust um no matter how much you play you always hear this no matter how much you work out and play it's nothing like when you actually play the game in a for real game mm-hmm. so as of right now the lakers are in the seventh spot uh they are one full game behind uh the dallas mavericks uh as of right now they will be playing in that play-in tournament and they will be playing as of right now against the golden state warriors in a one game yes play in you mean tell me we would get a chance to see Steph and LeBron go at it one game in the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then now, and fans, you all know when we first talked about this playing tournament, I was not a fan at all. Uh, I understood that this was a money grab uh, and all, but man, basketball over the past week and a half to two weeks has been absolutely phenomenal from top to bottom. Those bottom-dwelling teams are really battling to be in this play-in tournament, man. 
And in years past, you would see a lot of your stars actually rest at the end of the season. You're not seeing that anymore. So maybe this play-in tournament is really forcing the stars to really go ahead and play uh, throughout the season. Again, the Lakers are one full game behind Dallas. And the Warriors, you have to be careful here, the Warriors. You're at the AC, but you're only a half game ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I would rather see, prefer uh, to see the Lakers and Warriors in this one game playing tournament. I think the NBA would prefer that too, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA would definitely, and I would definitely want to see if they are in this playing tournament to play, to see them play Golden State just from an entertainment entertainment standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely wouldn't want to see them bow out because, and also I gotta say congratulations to them getting that seventeenth banner. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment there about the Lakers, so I have to say congratulations to them on earning that title last year in the bubble. And we'll see what these last couple of days look like, man, because well, the playing tournament starts on the 18th and finishes on the 21st. And then the actual playoffs start, I want to say, on the 22nd. For those avid uh, basketball fans, the mm-hmm. loyalist who cares about the 82 games and going right into the playoffs, I think that's going to be no longer. So stats and everything is going to be kind of messed up uh, in dog. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think we're here, we're here to stay with the uh, playing tournament. So Danny, to add to our NBA discussion this weekend, the NBA hall of fame, excuse me, the basketball hall of fame uh, is going to be uh, inducting uh, its latest class. Um, the class of 2020, which unfortunately last year uh, could not uh, be done because of the uh, COVID situation. Uh, and then unfortunately, uh, Kobe Bean Bryant uh, passed away as well. Uh, but he will be inducted into this weekend's Hall of Fame class, uh, along with the likes of Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, KG, Kevin Garnett, Big Ticket, Kim Mulkey, who was the head coach of the uh, Baylor Bears before uh, going to LSU, uh, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, Rudy Tomjanovich, Patrick Bowman. And so they will be um, going into the Hall of Fame along with uh, a couple of other lifetime achievement awards uh, here. Dr. Tim Nugent, uh, who was actually founder of the National Wheelchair Basketball Association. And man, the Kurt Gowdy Media Award, man, to Michael Wilbon. He's going into the Hall of Fame, man. Wow. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. And then uh, also Mike Breen. For those who don't know, man, you probably have seen him since you watch basketball fans. Mike Breen has been, man, on some calls of NBA basketball games, man. So uh, this is going to be really, really interesting. And then um, there's a Kirk Gowdy Transformative Media Award to Inside the NBA on TNT. 
come on, man. And then you have another media award, Insight Media Award to Jim Gray. So you have a lot of uh, greats really going into the hall, those who contributed, those who played basketball, uh, and, uh, and those who contributed via the media. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, man. And, and Danny, this weekend also will mark the time frame that the 2020 finalists will be uh, come uh, actual inductees or uh, become the class of 2021. So you have a lot of, man, you have a lot, just to name a few. We talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts, man. You have Rick Adelman, Chris Bosch, Michael Cooper, Tim Hardaway, Marcus Johnson, Paul Pierce, uh, Bill Russell as a coach, mm-hmm. Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Jay Wright. So, man, you're going to have – it's it's a lot, man. I can go down the line here because you talk about a women's committee, contributors. Uh, you're talking about um, early African-American pioneers, international committee, uh, veterans committee. You have so many committees um, and so many uh, finalists in those committees, man. It's, it's interesting, man. So it's going to be – Real fun this weekend to see who really gets in the Hall of Fame and who is going to be announced for the next class. What say you? Just want to say congratulations to all of those who will be getting their kudos this weekend. Obviously, sad with Kobe not being there. Um, so that'll be pretty emotional. With it'll be cool to see twenty ten and five. That's how I get down. KG doing his thing. <laughs> And I'm curious to see Tim Duncan, <laughs> honestly, because Tim Duncan don't, doesn't say anything. So, anything, so it'll be very interesting to see what they have to say. And uh, I know KG will come with some energy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just congratulations, man. And then we'll see what happens with the individuals you named for the 2021 finalists and what happens there. So I know we talked about it. We had some predictions. So I want to see how those those play out. And now, Danny, into some interesting news about none other than Alice Rodriguez is now co-governor of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Says here that previous governor, Glenn Taylor, uh, reached a verbal agreement on a $1.5 billion sale of the team to Alex Rodriguez and uh, e-commerce mogul Lark, Mark Lohr. And so my understanding is it's a 50-50 co-governorship. Uh, so Alex Re- Rodriguez got that money, man. Mm-hmm. He got that bag. I mean, <laughs> all those contracts, just think about it for a minute, though, Danny. The contracts that Alex Rodriguez got in while he was playing baseball. Signing those deals with the Yankees, Rangers, Mariners. Yep. I mean, he got paid. And it's good to see that he did something with it. I mean, he made those those investments, um, all that stuff, man. And, man, it has paid dividends. I mean, you also got to think about endorsement deals yep. that he's had over, over the years. Um, he's been on Shark Tank. 
he's probably invested in some of these smaller businesses, making uh, some extra money there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that has culminated to him becoming co-governor of the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. So kudos to him, man. Uh, I, I really believe what we're going to see in this day and age and where a lot of players, both NBA and baseball players, are getting mad money. I would, I would beg, think that in the next five to ten years, you're going to see more of this. Yep. Agree. You're going to see more of this. So uh, congratulations to um, Alex Rodriguez. And now, Danny, to a little bit of baseball talk. And we have Mike Trout uh, to talk about. Uh, obviously, Albert Pujols just recently got uh, cut. And Pujols has been an excellent baseball player, more so for the Cardinals before he got to the Los Angeles Angels. And, man, when he was with the Cardinals, Pujols was just a beast. You talk about MVP awards, um, hitting the ball. The cover would come off the ball when he would hit it, man. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Then he goes to the Los Angeles Angels. And they haven't done anything in forever in Los Angeles, man. That led us to think about Mike Trout. And Danny, I don't know about you, but man, you know, I've always heard about Mike Trout, how fascinating he is, how potentially he's the best base, the best baseball player of all time. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that a f- more than a few times. And and so I was like, what is so great about Mike Trout? I, I just didn't get it, man. I didn't get it. Uh, just in looking at his numbers, they are just okay, in my opinion. They're not anything to really, you know, just really brag about. Uh, I've seen better numbers. But I think when you talk about baseball, you talk about 162 games each season, Mm -hmm. which leads into a world of statistics. Yep. And I think that's what we're running into when we talk about Mike Trout being the best best baseball player of all time. I'll say this. If Mike Trout is the best baseball player of all time, or there's an argument there, but if he is major league baseball is doing a terrible job of promoting him, man. And I think this is where the likes of the NFL and NBA far exceeds major league baseball in terms of marketing and promoting individual players. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about now Major League Baseball, when you look at the promo or whatever, they're, they're always talking about the team. Yep. I don't know, man. I just think that baseball has a lot of statistics. And I think the statistic that is really uh, making a claim for Mike Trout to, of being one of the best baseball players of all time is a statistic called war. Yep. And so I had to look this up, man. So I'm like, man, what in the hell is war? <laughs> war, according to the Major League Baseball website, is wins above replacement. 
And the definition of war is that it measures a player's value in all facets of the game by deciphering how many more wins he's worth than a replacement level player at his same position. So it could be, you know, a minor league replacement or readily available fill-in free agent. So for example, if a shortstop and a first baseman offer the same overall production on offense, defense, and base pass, the shortstop would have a better war because his position sees a lower level of production from replacement level players. Man, whatever that means. Earlier, Danny, we talked about Russell Westbrook. You you said this, Russell Westbrook uh, and his impact versus Big O. Big O would have more of an impact, right? Yep. I guess my thought process is if Mike Trout is considered one of the greatest baseball players of all time, mm-hmm. what is really his impact? Yep. And don't give me no statistics. Sometimes you just have to go by the eye test or – what is the team doing? Mm-hmm. Mike Trout has won several MVPs, right? Yep. And uh, I want to say it was like maybe three MVPs. He's won three. Yeah, won three MVPs and been in second place like four other times. Yep. And and let me just – I'm sliding down to the statistics as I talk here. And he's been to a postseason one time in 2014. And – Guess what his batting average was, Danny? I'm gonna guess point zero eight eight. Man, it's point zero eight three. <laughs> Somewhere in there. All I'm saying is, if we're talking about the greatest baseball player of all time, when the lights shine the brightest, mm-hmm. he's been to the playoffs one time in his ten year, eleven year career. That to me is not a greatest baseball player of all time. I want them to stop saying that because when you think about the greatest players of all time in baseball, mm-hmm. they have shined at the brightest moments. Yep. Just not stats. We're talking about in the playoffs. And they have done something in the playoffs. And they've been to the playoffs more than one time mm-hmm. in their careers. And now, Danny, to DK Metcalf and where he actually ran the 100-meter dash. And so, um, man, he he ran well time-wise at a 10-point, what, three? Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't good enough. He came in, what what you say, ninth? Yep. In, in his heat? Yep. 15th out of 17th overall? Mm-hmm. But man, I give him kudos for at least going out there to try. Yeah. I mean, might as well. Just yeah. hope that you don't he doesn't get injured, you know, pull a hamstring or anything like that. But nonetheless, man, I, I give him kudos for that. Um, and and uh, I mean, who could ever forget the rundown play? Uh, I forgot who it was that threw an interception. I think it was Russell Wilson who threw an interception. Yeah. Uh, against the Cardinals, the Cardinals uh, player was about to run it in for a touchdown and DK Metcalf caught him. Yep. That was like a play of the year. <laughs> and it only doesn't right to go ahead and do this hundred meter yard dash, man. Um, don't know if he's going to actually look to continue to do this in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's one of those, let me get it out my system 
type deals. But nonetheless, man, you know, I give him kudos for it. What say you, Danny? Yeah, it was very interesting finding out when he was going to race last Sunday, you know, for him trying to qualify for the Olympics. And I've heard, I've seen mixed reports where he only prepared for like a month. For him to only prepare for a month, uh, track is not an easy sport. It's not you go out there and just run. That's not how it works. So there's a lot of preparation, a lot of technique, uh, in addition to just God-given ability to go out there and compete and sprint 100 meters. So for him to go out there, put up a 10-3, which is respectable for sure, uh, and if you watch the race, if you watch sprinters, usually they're down and then they gradually pop up and just go. And he, when he started, he popped up early. And then those last 20 meters or so, 25 meters, he, he died. So he died down and slowed down and then ended up getting, you know, ended up in ninth. So it was very interesting to see him, especially like you said, him chasing down Buda Baker last year in that Cardinals game and walking him down like he did and the physical specimen that he is and how big he is too. Mm-hmm. So that, cause they said he, he weighed in at 235. So six four two thirty five. So if he wanted to pursue this down the line, he definitely have to change his body a little bit, you know, to be in more of a track body. Mm-hmm to compete at the level he made and we'll see what he plans to do but it was definitely interesting to see him out there and give it a shot man and like i said at the, he started off all right he just popped up too early and then that caught him in the end thank you for joining us at back porch talk podcast you can also join us on twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast for more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.